Have you ever been there? It's 1.30 in the morning and you find yourself saying, no, I'm just going to watch one more video on YouTube as this person is explaining a piece of gear that you're pretty sure you should be buying right now. If you're a guy, your wallet's getting a little warmer. You can feel that plastic saying, use me, use me. Yeah. Well, last week we talked about how to make decisions that will help your podcast grow. And sometimes we think the thing that's really going to make it grow is that one piece of equipment that if we just had that one thing, yeah, we're going to talk about that and how I saved myself over a thousand dollars by walking myself through a logical set of criteria. And also, and if you're a regular listener to the show, you're going to roll your eyes. It's new. I'm going to talk about anchor. This is a, a web host and how they're doing some things better. And yet I still hate their guts. I'll explain why. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is where we help you plan, launch, grow, then if you want to monetize your podcast. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the link schoolofpodcasting.com slash listener to save on either a monthly or yearly subscription. And of course, that comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And so, yeah, if you missed last week's episode, we talked about different things you can do to grow your audience in different ways. You can go, hmm, should I do this or should I do that? And in some cases, it's just a matter of asking yourself, well, would that make me click on that? Would that make my audience click on that? Because in the end, we kind of want them to click. So today, how I stop myself from spending somewhere between $1,200 and $1,500. And no matter what you do, when you buy something, doesn't matter what it is, a newer version uh, with more features, it's going to come out. I bought, this is based on my experience buying cameras because I started doing more video. And I bought the Sony uh, ZV-1 sometime in 2021-ish, I think. And then, of course... Uh, in August of 2021, they came out with the Sony VZ-E10. Yes, we went from the, the V1 to the V10. And uh, what can be scary about this is if you go to YouTube now, for the record, I don't want to paint all YouTubers as bad. Uh, Tom Buck is a great example. Tom Buck does a, a lot of gear reviews, and he will say, look, I'm not here to hype this up so you use my affiliate link. It is an affiliate link, but I'm here to give you the facts and you decide if this is worth it. I really like Tom. There are a bunch of guys I love, booth junkie guy, uh, all sorts of guys that I like. And what I've seen, though, is there are some people are like, wait till you see what I got today. And then they explain, and I'm not saying they're lying, but they you just get the idea that I need this now. It's almost like an infomercial. It's, it's, it's sham wow on steroids. And so, you know, there are some people who kind of do product reviews and again, they're not lying, but it seems like all they do is point out the great features. Like this is great. This is great. This is great. 
And then you find out later that, oh, yeah, but it does do this, and that's not great, and it does do that, and that's not great. They might explain one of the features that's not great, but it seems a little lopsided. Now, in some cases, it's honest. It's that, hey, this really is a great piece of equipment. But there are some YouTubers that I run across that end up being kind of like low-energy infomercials in a nutshell. And so how did I get there? Well, I went to YouTube and I asked, what is the best, in this case, camera for, you know, a budget YouTuber? And boy, you know, this camera came up, then you find it and you go, well, is that, I need another opinion on this camera. So you look up another video and then you see that, oh, there's that camera, but they're comparing it to this other camera. So then you got to watch a video on the other camera and then this one and then wait, oh, uh, but I really like this person. And they uh, next thing you know, it's one thirty in the morning. And you're like, wait, what? I thought I just got done eating supper and I've been watching YouTube videos for uh, seven and a half hours. My whole family's gone to bed. And so, you know, it, it can get a little crazy sometimes. Uh, especially if all of a sudden they introduce some, whatever you're looking for, in my case, some camera I've never even heard of. Then I was like, oh, well, maybe that's the sleeper. You know, it just, you go crazy. And so what happens is YouTube, you get enough people that you've watched it that say, this is the thing you need, right? In my case, hey, if you want to do, if you're a vlogger, if you're a podcaster, if you want to do YouTube videos, this is the camera you need. And so then you go, oh, wait, I, I need a second opinion. And then eventually you get enough people that go, yes, this is the thing you need. And meanwhile, again, the, the clock is ticking. And so in 2021, again, I heard that the Sony VZ1 or ZV1, I always say VZ1, it's ZV1, was the camera for YouTubers and bloggers. So I bought one. And at the time, it was around eight, 900 bucks. It was a lot. And it, it, it comes with one lens and you can't replace it. Uh, but, you know, it was a step up. I had a, a Logitech C920. And there were people, that's just your standard webcam. Looks great. Then I heard that the Elgato face cam. Oh, wow, look at this. It's so much better. And I upgraded to that. Now, that I think the, the Logitech C920 is under 100 bucks, right around there. The Elgato, somewhere around 150 to 200. So I got that. I really like that camera, by the way. And of course, now, almost a year later, they have the Facecam Pro, which is 4K, to which I want to go, do we really need to see this face in 4K? Really? And uh, But I had that one, and I really like the Elgato Facecam because there's no microphone. So you never have to worry about accidentally recording yourself through your camera. So again, the Logitech C920, served me well. Later, the Elgato face cam served me well. And then on YouTube, some guy convinced me that the Sony VZ1 uh, was the camera to get. And you know why? You ready? It has a single button. Just push the button and it will make your background blurry. Yeah. Oh, that's wait, Blurry background. That will, holy cow. And so, as I said, when they when they release something that's cool, the Sony ZV-1 came out in May of 2020. The Sony VZ-10, or in some cases, ZV-E10, 
came out in August. So here's the dilemma. Uh, I upgraded again from my Logitech to the Elgato. It was slightly better. Now, had anyone ever complained about my video when I was doing the podcasters roundtable, when I was doing Ask the Podcast Coach? Had anyone ever said, man, your video is horrible? Uh, no, because I didn't. I had invested in some Elgato key lights. I found some little LEDs that I threw on the floor. I literally just threw them on the floor and I turned them on and off with a little remote control, 15 bucks. And uh, in fact, not only when I was using just a webcam, did they not say it wasn't bad. They did the opposite. They're like, what are you using? Man, that looks good. And yet I felt the need to upgrade to the Elgato. And again, they said, yeah, that looks good. It didn't look a whole lot better, but you know, this one was a little better. It had a bigger lens or whatever. And so I, again, thanks to YouTube, get the Sony. Now, when I wanted to use the Sony ZV-1, unlike the Elgato webcam, which was just kind of on when I wanted it, well, this, holy cow, is this what upgrading is all about? I had to. You ready for this? I had to unplug it, turn it on, go through the menus, and then plug the cable back in to use it as a live streaming camera. And I know we hear people talk about the greatest generation. We fought the Nazis and stuff. And I'm like, look, okay, I get that. You fought Nazis. Great for you. But uh, I have to get out of my chair what, what, what? to fix my camera. Are you kidding me? Holy cow. And if you cannot sense the sarcasm in my voice, I'm being sarcastic. But it is a case where you're used to just clicking the button and the little light comes on and, and I got to do what? I got to get out of my chair, turn it on, unplug the cable. I have to unplug the cable and then plug it back. <sighs> Are you kidding me? So for the most part, after spending, you know, $900 on this Sony camera, I used the Elgato one because I didn't have to get out of my chair. And so, also, though, one thing to keep in mind, the Elgato, no blurry background. Yeah, I know. And people would still watch. It's crazy. So then, all of a sudden, right, thanks to our good friends at YouTube, because apparently YouTube remembered, hey, isn't this the guy that spent like six straight hours watching videos about the Sony ZV-1 camera? Let's send him a bunch of videos about the Sony VZ-10. And they did. And, oh, I just was like, oh, look at this. It's just like the ZV-1, which, of course, was the camera to get. If you're a vlogger, YouTuber, or podcaster, and this one, you can change lenses. In fact, uh, one of the only kind of cons, if somebody said, what's the pros of the VZ, the ZV, whatever it is, the first one, the, the one camera, was that, ah, you can't switch lenses on it. And now with the Sony ZV-10, you can replace lenses. Holy cow, let the pigeons loose. Uh, plus, the battery life was better. The menu system was a little bit better. And, of course, with different lenses, you could go from not just having a blurry background. With the right lens, you could have a very blurry background. Whoa. Because, you know, people love video for the blurry background. I mean, I had a friend the other day called me up. Hey, Dave, what? You got to check out this guy. He's got a YouTube channel. Really? What is it? Oh, it's uh, Scott Smith. He reviews uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, really? It's good stuff. Oh, man. 
The background is so blurry. So professional looking. Yeah. So the price of the Sony VZ10 is around right now 900 bucks. And if I wanted to look, you know, super cool, because all the cool kids have blurry backgrounds, uh, you know, okay. Some, and that, that $900 comes with a lens. Uh, it's like $700 without a lens. But then, you know, then you go into YouTube and you're like, hey, what's the best lens for the Sony VZ10 if I'm going to be doing YouTube? And, uh, yeah, of course, there's 15 million to choose from. And uh, the one guy's like, no, this is the one. He goes, if you like the way my camera looks right now, if you like my set, you know, this is the lens I'm using. It's got the right F-stop. It does the thing. Blah, blah, blah. $400. $400 for a lens. So now I'm looking at 1300 bucks. I was like, huh? And, and it dawned on me that we kind of fall into that, that trap, right? I'm looking at this guy's super glossy video. It's just like he, somebody put icing on, on the, the channel. It's just, it's just got that. Ooh, wow. Somebody's that looks good. And, um, you kind of just think, man, if I just had that one thing, I would be just like them. And that's not true. And this is one of those things where emotions take over our decision making. And we forget that buying the equipment does not turn us into that person. When Leo Laporte got a high LPR 40, everybody and their brother lost their mind and bought a high LPR 40 thinking that was the 10,000 download switch. And yet everybody with a high LPR 40 does not have 10,000 downloads. So think about this. If you're like, man, if I just had that one thing, I would be successful in my travels. Unless what you are recording sounds awful to where the sound distracts you from what's being said. And the video looks so bad that it distracts you from what is being shown and videoed the gear is not the issue. And so what I did, and I'm literally sitting there with my, I'm, I've convinced myself I need this camera because, you know, it's got super blurry background. And I asked myself, I go, so what, $1,400. Now in, in my world, $1,400 is a lot of money. That's like, that's a lot of money. Wow. Okay. And uh, what do I gain here that I don't, currently have and i thought about it and i'm like okay well hey i can change lenses now and i get a better menu system to which i then asked the question um do i need to change lenses like have i ever used the sony vz1 after i go through all the hassle of unplugging and plugging it in of course uh, and i went no actually i i don't it's uh it works great right on my desk and then I said, is this going to enable me to do something that I can't do now? And I was like, well, no, unless I want to buy a lens. And uh, I said, well, okay. So really what you have now suits you. And I was like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, am I still going to have to unplug and replug the camera? And the answer is yes. So it's not eliminating that huge headache. And so I'm about to spend $1,000 for a feature being you can change out lenses that I didn't need. And I went, huh, 
Now, it gives me more flexibility, and we get sucked into this as well. I spent a year with a service called Vidyard, and it's not a horrible you know, system. It's a little pricey. In fact, in my case, it's one of those where it's like, hey, that's, that, that's a lot of money. And it had a ton of features. And all I wanted to do was send video messages to my students and to my clients. And I get the whole thing. You can record it on your phone and use YouTube as a private thing. And then you send them. I'm like, no, no, that's too hard. And Vidyard made it look really easy. And look at all these additional features. Wow. And then I made the mistake of getting on a phone with a salesman who talked me into signing a contract for a year. And look, this feature enables you to do this. And this feature enables you to do that. And look, you could also do this. And all I wanted to do again, remember, was send video messages to my clients. But you can do this and this and that. And it was like, ooh, look at all this flexibility. Look at all these things I could do. And to make a long story short, I know, too late. I never used half of the features. And the features that I actually wanted to use were complicated. It was not a good experience. Uh, and I had signed a year contract that they kind of said, yeah, we, we're not letting you out of that. And when it was over, I found a service called Loom, links in the show notes, that I absolutely love. I use it all the time. It does exactly what I need for a fraction of the cost. And I say this to say, be careful of buying items that will give you room to grow. Because in many cases, those additional features you never grow into because it's not what you're doing. So you just won't need those in many cases. And you end up spending money for features that are a waste. So here are some questions to ask if you're considering a major purchase for your podcast. And here's the one, and this is hard because there are two sides of our brain. There is the emotional side. Like if I just get this one thing, I will be, you know, it's going to send me to the roof, send me to the moon. Many cases we get to the roof. We wanted to go to the moon, but at any rate, uh, we have that emotional side. And then you have the logical side that goes, you know, that's a lot of money. And, and that it's, if you start doing math and you start looking up, what's the, what's the interest rate on the credit card? Yeah, that's not the time to buy it. So what I mean by this is, is this a want or is it a need? Now, I'll give you an example of something I did buy. I bought a Mac Mini, knowing that probably in about mm, four months, they're going to come out with a new M2 chip. But I knew that, and I think that's why the price of the Mac Mini was going down, and my current computer was really starting to struggle, especially making video. So I bought a Mac Mini, and what it did is and how it's paying for itself in addition to the fact that it was some sort of black friday deal and extended you know pay it off with this with no interest kind of thing is when i make videos it takes less time and for me time is money right your time's valuable too that's time away from your kids or your spouse or your significant other so i'm getting more time back so that's one where i went yeah 
I kind of do need more time and this will do it. So is this a want or is this a need? Like you need a microphone. You, you, you don't need a thousand dollar microphone. That's often a want. And that's what I see a lot is people will move not sideways, right? You get a, a $20 microphone sounds hideous. You move up to the Samson Q2U, which is an amazing sounding microphone for less than a hundred bucks. Then maybe you go to the Electro Voice RE320. Okay, that sounds a little better, kind of. That's really almost a sideways move. And then you get the Shure SM7B, which is $400, which is what I'm talking into now. And here's the fun thing. I think the reason people buy microphones, I hope, is that they don't like the sound of their voice. I, that's really the only reason I can think of, because if you think buying a different microphone, unless what you're using is a $20 microphone or a Blue Yeti that you haven't learned how to use, your audio probably sounds good enough. So do I want this or do I need this? Now, in my case, when I looked at the camera, I didn't need it. I had a blurry background button already, and I didn't need to change lenses. And I was seriously this close to buying that thing because I was like, oh, I'll get to change lenses. And I went, wait, do I, do I need to change lenses? Am I taking this on the road? No. So that's one. What is the benefit? And does it benefit you or does it benefit the audience? Because in some cases, right, the new Mac mini doesn't really benefit you. It does to my YouTubers because since I got it, I've had a new video out every Wednesday. That was not the case before because when I went to make videos, my poor PC was going like it was going to explode. Uh, but is this for you? Is it for the audience? And if it's for the audience, then okay, maybe. Never spend yourself into debt. That's a bad idea, said the guy who's been through bankruptcy. So take my word on that. But that's the other thing you have to do. And then, so in my case, it came down to, okay, I'm about to spend 1500 bucks on a camera that allows me to switch lenses when I don't need to switch lenses. And it's not going to even remove my biggest pet peeve, which is I have to unplug it, turn it on, go through the menus and plug it back in. And, you know, why was I doing that for the blurry background? And I was like, if people are paying that much attention to your background, then maybe your content isn't that good. There's, there's something to chew on, right? So it, when you come down to buying new gear, do I need this? You know, let's, let's take a, uh, I, I went through a spell there where I kept testing boom arms. A boom arm, what do I need it to do? I need it to move. So when I'm ready to record, it holds the microphone in one place so that I can talk into it. And it doesn't really matter if it's a $30 one. Now that's going to make some noise probably when you move it to your mouth. But if it doesn't make any noise when it sits still, when you're talking into it, that'll work. And yet they make microphone boom arms that are hundreds of dollars. And it's not going to get you any more downloads if you have a better boom arm. It's not going to. Here's another one. I did an episode on this. It's not going to get you any more downloads if you switch media hosts, said the guy that works for a media host. And I've said before, I did an episode on this. It's really look at the media host dashboard and such, and whichever one you feel more comfortable in, 
whichever one you feel is more intuitive because you're going to spend a lot of time in their dashboard. That's the one to go with. Some of them make it more easier to syndicate your show like Libsyn, which stands for Liberated Syndication, which is where I work. And there's other great choices. There's Captivate, there's Buzzsprout. But in a minute, I'm going to tell you about Anchor. Now, if you're a regular listener of the show, Anchor is one of those things that if you're standing around and somebody asks me about Anchor, everybody's going to be like, oh man, somebody asked Dave about Anchor. He's going to go off. And I usually did. Uh, and I will, when we come back, I'm going to explain a couple things and how I am in some cases wrong. Yep. You heard me say it and I'll explain the pros and cons of anchor. And in the end, why I still think they're one of the worst choices for podcasters. Yeah. 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 All right. This is take two. Cause the first time I did this, I sounded like such the curmudgeon. Um, why do I dislike anchor? Well, let's do the quick history lesson. Number one, Free is not a business model. Why do I think that? Because Podshow, I think is my favorite, went through close to 40 million before they went out of business. Padango, Wild Voice, MyPodcast.com, Audiometric.io, uh, Opinion Podcasting, Zcat, and yes, Libsyn tried a free version of media hosting, not actually Libsyn, they called it Libsyn Studio, and they have since shut that down after nine months, and it's now integrated into their paid version. And even Red Circle was originally free, they now have a paid version because free is just a horrible business model. Uh, if you don't believe me, go to Anchor and contact their support. You're like, uh, I'm not going to not pay you anymore unless you fix this. It doesn't work. Uh, the one thing I dislike, and they still do this, if you upload an MP3 file, asterisks, and use some of their awesome advertising, it will give you an M4A file, which I find really confusing because Spotify only works with MP3 files. As a media host, we have to convert. If you give me an M4A file at Libsyn and you want it to go to Spotify, our system has to convert it to an MP3 file for Spotify to take it. And yet their tool creates an M4A file, which is very strange. But that's only if you add in one of their awesome advertising things. The other thing is they're not always, I got to watch how I say this, uh, they, they are people that you want to read the fine print. How's that? I like that. So for example, they came out and they said, Hey, you can play music and podcasting. And everybody was like, Oh my gosh, that's awesome. And they don't say in the ad kind of stuff where it's like, Oh, by the way, we need to approve every single episode. Oh, and by the way, the only people that can hear this are people on Spotify only on the app not even the desktop version, and only if they are a premium listener. I know three people, me being one of them, that tried doing this because we always wanted to be a DJ. Hey, coming up next, you know, and play music. And I'm here to tell you, now granted, I didn't promote it a whole lot, but I know the other people that did, and they're like, yeah, nobody's listening. Nobody can find it. It's only in Spotify. And that's the thing. Spotify is all about promoting Spotify, which again, I don't, of course, but realized they are all about getting you into their walled garden. Another one here, video podcasts. Video podcasts have come to Spotify. Just upload your video. And what gets me is, again, it says here, I went, logged into my uh, Anchor account. It's like, hey, just click this button, upload your video. We're good to go. I was like, all right, cool. Well, so I'm like, I made a video version 
of my show, Ask the Podcast Coach. I'm like, all right, it's on YouTube, but you know, if people are going to watch it on Spotify, let's put it over there too. And then I thought what I'll do is I'll take the RSS feed from Spotify and I'll link the video version into all the other places. Because, you know, video podcast, it's a video podcast. No, it's basically in the same way that a YouTube channel is a great place to watch videos on YouTube. The video version of the video podcast on Spotify is only on Spotify and only in the app. Not even the desktop version of this came through. And I was like, why would they do that? Because if you can only watch it on the app, you can shrink down the video to almost nothing which makes the file much smaller because video files are huge. And then this is the one that I was like, what I've heard Todd Cochran from Blueberry mention this on the new media show. And I'd never seen it until I started playing with this. Hey, I want to do video thing. And that is you have to request an RSS feed. Now, if you're new to podcasting, RSS is if I always like to use the analogy of radio. And if this was radio, you have to have a, a signal, right? Whatever. 97.5, the Fox, tuning in on Fridays, right? You got your signal and you put that into a radio. Well, with podcasting, you have an RSS feed. In fact, if you click on an RSS feed and if you're on Chrome, you'll just get a face full of code. And that code, when you put it into an app, deciphers it. And I, I was, I, this scratches my head. It's a podcast company, Spotify, or so they say. And yet I went into my Spotify account and it said, do you want an RSS feed? Because their marketing is like, no, just throw it into Spotify. Everything's in Spotify. This is where all the cool kids are. Stay here inside our walled garden. And I was like, but Spotify, that doesn't make any sense. Let's look at the numbers from some of the biggest media hosts. Libsyn has, they kind of group all of their apples. So Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes, except they group all the Apple stuff together. And that comes in at almost 70%, 69.5%. The second place is Spotify at 14, technically 13.7. So 70 to 14. So yeah, they're number two, but it's a long way from number one via Libsyn. Google comes in at 2.2 at in third place and Overcast at 1.6. I'm kind of bummed that Amazon isn't uh, clamping, you know, climbing up the charts more. And I'm really sad to hear that Google, I know, shocking, has somewhat been abandoned. I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, if you go over to Buzzsprout, they also publish their kind of stats. They have Apple at basically 40% coming in at 39.5 and Spotify at 26.7. So here again a large margin between that. If you average the two companies together and Google again, coming in somewhere around three or four, or at least at 2.6%. Uh, so it's like 55% is Apple 20%. So again, more than double Spotify and then Google coming in at 2.4%. And the thing about Google, uh, ask Chris Kermitsos, if you go to PodFest, which is happening very soon at the end of this month, we were at an event and a Google representative wanted me to try a new service for blogging. And I would just like, no way I'm putting anything of importance on that. And they're like, well, would you mind if I ask why? And I go, yeah, Google the phrase Google graveyard. Everything you guys build, it's cool. You kill. <laughs> we walk away from the, the desk and, and Chris is like, so tell her how you really feel, Dave. Uh, but that's my whole point is Spotify 
when Todd Cochran was over in some country, Dubai, something of that nature, he said Spotify was at an event and they just kind of basically said over and over, we are the cool kids. Everybody wants to be us. Look at us. Look at our walled garden. We're the cool kids. And it's like, um, look, we appreciate you being in the space. But to say, yeah, like everybody, we have the no. And so that's the other thing that kind of I go, hmm. Number one, James Cridlin did a thing from podnews.net where he kind of pointed out that they kept announcing stuff and then didn't do it. Now, they finally did it like they announced Harry and Megan's podcast, and then I think they did, what, two episodes? Something of that nature. So I realize that some of the reason I don't like Spotify is because of stuff they don't do anymore, and that's not really fair, right, to sit there and go, yeah, but they used to submit your show to Apple, and, you know, because I had so, I mean, mountains of people that said, hey, I'm moving off of Anchor because their stats suck or whatever, and I want to go to this other thing. And I had to explain them that like, oh, okay, it's going to take probably a week or two to get control of your show on Apple. And they were like, what? It was like lambs to slaughter because they were preying on the uninformed. And I saw the hurt. I saw the just, just the mess. I want to curse here so bad. The show, the S show that was left behind them. So I had to clean that up. Now, they're not doing that anymore. But for me, I'm like, look, it's a podcast company. And just realize it's not. It's a walled garden. They're going to say everybody wants to be us. And I'm just saying, hey, if you look at the stats, not everybody. Because you have to ask for an RSS feed. And that's the one where I go, Wait, what? You're a you're a podcast company. It'd be like a radio company not having a transmitter. You're like, wait, what? Okay. So, or let's say, let's go, I don't know, horse racing. They have their own track and they go, come over here. If you want to be a jockey, come over here. We'll even give you your own horse for free. And you're like, okay. And then you find out that you can make a, a pittance of money. That's another thing I'll get to here in a second. A pittance of money here on their track riding their horse. And you're like, yeah, but there's, I'm in the, whatever, I'm in this state, I'm in this area. There are 12 other different racetracks I could take my horse to. And they go, oh, actually, that's not your horse. That's that's our horse. We're letting you use it. And it only works on our track. And, and only people that have paid tickets to see it can see it. You're like, yeah, but I could I could grow my audience if I was in these other 12 places. And you have to go, well, okay, well, here's a, here's another horse. If you want to go race other places. And so the fact that you have to ask for an RSS feed, which is really what makes a podcast, a podcast makes me really scratch my head in a medium article, Michael Mignano, who is one of the co-founders of anchor said, anytime a team wants to do something exciting and new, that exceeds the limitations of the standard, meaning RSS, they have to get every stakeholder or at least enough to reach a critical mass of adoption who has stopped that standard to also adopt the change. And he basically goes on to say that RSS is holding back podcasting. And this is what drives me nuts. You'll hear me talk about podcasting 2.0. 
there are a bunch of developers and podcasters that are saying, hey, instead of doing things just for your platform, because Spotify just came out with this thing that if you put in timestamps in your show notes, they'll turn them into chapters. There's already technology for chapters. It's already made, just adopted. So here, the guy that's saying, yeah, people need to adopt the standard. Yeah, we just we just updated the standard. And if you followed that and all the other apps did, then everything would work together. That's the beauty of podcasting. It's an open ecosystem so that you can build an app that looks like this and you can build an app that looks like that. You can do whatever you want. It's open. It's not, it's the opposite of a walled garden. And this guy is going, yeah, you know, you can't update a standard while people are updating the standard. And these are the people you want to attach your, you know, cart to like, really? Okay. So I'll stop there. I mean, again, I could go on for hours, but they just do things that's so Mike, you got to be kidding me. And then the whole last one, because I was surprised when I found this out. When I made my fake show on Anchor, and I have uh, some screenshots I'll put in the show notes, is that, again, going back to things they say aren't always true. And so they, they bought a couple companies, and one of them was Gimlet, and Dr. Oh, I got to get this right. Ayana Elizabeth Johnson. She was a co-creator and former co-host of Gimlet's How to Save a Planet, which perhaps the highest profile show to be canceled. She said this, Spotify invested zero, zero in building the show. So they built it on their own. So Spotify had nothing to do with this. Then they forced us to go exclusive. And then they canceled the show because it didn't build a big enough audience realize again that they're like, Hey, you made us go behind this, this wall. And then nobody inside the wall, you didn't promote it to us. So, yeah. So again, it's, it's really kind of weird. And then if you go into not the official anchor groups, but if you go into like an anchor.fm user group, you will see people that have posted things like this. And I guess I should say this, you know, we should all learn to say this together just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's true. But according to Paul Adams, I've been on Anchor since before it switched to Spotify. My show was on multiple platforms. I just checked, and it's no longer listed on other platforms, so you might want to go check yours. Danielle Kinney said, has anyone had luck with monetization ads yet? Are there others who met the threshold, there's a threshold, and have been waiting for months for ads as well? Has anyone had any luck getting an answer? Chorsey L. Calbert says, okay, y'all. I need help understanding the host red ads. I've been working with a client for over five months managing her podcast. The performance is great, but there's been an issue. The major, the major reason for doing the switch to Anchor is to get the host red ads revenue, yet she still has not been offered the ad. She qualified for this months ago and yet has nothing. I have two smaller podcasts that didn't have the same performance as her podcast, but have been on the platform longer. They both had the Anchor host red ads, but when I checked today, those have both ended. So that whole, like, make money when you want. Christopher Cano has 250,000 plays on Spotify and said, uh, yeah, I, I still have no sponsors. Yeah, 250,000 plays, which I guess are downloads in that. So when you see the whole, hey, come to Anchor and make money, mm, according to those people, that may not be entirely accurate. 
And I realize there are times if you're teaching sixth graders and they need a freeway and everybody has a phone, that's fine. But it's the person that's like, I want to start a podcast and quit my day job in six weeks on any platform. That's unrealistic. And then this is the person that puts their phone on speaker, sets it on the middle of a table and interviews four of their friends. I'm like, that's horrible audio. And so it's not, Anchor does make it easy. I'm not going to argue that, but I'm also going to say, please point me to any show making a living that was recorded on their phone. I, I just go, I, I'm pretty sure you're wasting your time. There are great apps like Ferrite, I think it is, uh, Ferret maybe, I don't know what it is, but there, I know there's a, an app that's really robust and it's for the app and an iPad and things like that. I just know that most of the people I know do it on a computer that are doing it seriously because I see this all the time. I'm starting a podcast, but I'm on a budget. I'm on a budget. And I, I get that. But it'd be like me going, hey, I want to join a bowling league. I understand they give you a free ball and free shoes to bowl in. I just need one where I can go. It's clean. Uh, if they have really good food, that'd be great. And if they could let me bowl for free, that would be awesome. And you go, uh, yeah, that doesn't exist. And so I think it might be a case that you don't know what you don't know. And I'm just here to say, if you're trying to do it entirely free and create a good quality podcast, remember, it's not the tech, it's it's the actual content. But if the content sounds like caca poo poo, it's not going to work. To which you go, but Dave, I need to get this out there. And I actually do really anything I can do to cut costs. Do you have a free option? And my answer for that would be Red Circle. Red Circle has a free podcasting platform. It's not my favorite. And I'm not saying that because they work for Libsyn. Their stats kind of drive me nuts. But it's a free media host that also makes it, they're open. They're like, here, here's your feed. You don't have to ask for a feed there. So if you need a free one, and, and again, really? Because, uh, okay, yeah. That would be where I would recommend. And I also know they have ads over there if you hit a threshold, because I've hit a threshold over there and I didn't want the ads because typically ads that are not host read pay, you know, maybe a penny a piece. That is one last thing. I don't know if I mentioned this or not, but when I joined Anchor, I was getting a penny a download, which doesn't work for 99.9% .9 of podcasters which is $10 per thousand downloads. And now I'm making $7 and nobody notified me of the change. And I was like, oh, so I went from bad to worse. Again, I could go for hours on this. So to wrap this up. So if you need super simple for a bunch of sixth graders that are probably going to fart into their phone and see if they can get it on Apple podcast, we'll see here again. If you're on Spotify, you can get it into Spotify real easy now. Uh, then this is the place for you. If you are somebody that wants to get your message out outside of the walled garden that is Spotify, then no, go get yourself a real podcast host with support and innovative ideas that's embracing some of the new specifications that are coming out. Jump on that team. That is the team you want to join. I've actually got a free course that compares Libsyn, Buzzsprout, Captivate and Blueberry. You can watch that for free 
and then determine which host would work best for you. Links will be out at the website. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 862. Hey, you made it to the end. Hope you enjoyed this episode. One quick favor. If you know somebody else that would enjoy this episode, could you do me a favor? In the upper right-hand corner, there's probably a share button on your phone. If you could uh, click on that and share that with that one person, boy, it would it really would mean the, the world to me. I'm trying to grow my audience just like you are, and that's a way of giving back to me, for me, giving back to you. Don't forget about the question of the month, and until next week, take care, God bless, class is dismissed. 